Brady, I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well as well. Producer Danny and I were just talking about this. I can already tell this show is going to have some pre-Thanksgiving uh, zaniness to it here. Where do you stand on Christmas music pre-Thanksgiving? I am against it. Uh, and I'm not, you know, offended by it. Uh, but I, but, but to me, Friday is the beginning of Christmas season. And <clears throat> Thanksgiving I, I argue that Thanksgiving rivals Christmas uh, for my favorite uh, holiday. And I always, you know, my birthday was a week ago. So I always feel like, you know, everything in November gets sort of steamrolled. Everybody wants to go from Halloween to Christmas. I'm against it. Uh, day after Thanksgiving, let's go play the carols, put up the tree, do everything. But give Thanksgiving its due. I don't want Christmas ornaments and Christmas carols playing on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving no. deserves its own stage. I always have to give the precursor that, yes, I know there is a much bigger meaning behind Memorial Day than what I'm about to say, but I'll put Memorial Day up against anything other than Christmas. Memorial Day is my favorite holiday other than Christmas. Beer, baseball, barbecues, unofficial kickoff to summer. Now, you're always working on Memorial Day, right. so maybe it's not as fun for you as it is me, but I'll Memorial Day gets shortchanged in terms of the holiday fun. I was a much bigger, and again, you're right, set aside the meaning of it because that's, that's very important and, I, and you can never overlook that. Uh, but as far as the holiday weekend part of it, I was a much bigger fan of it when I was doing hockey. Yeah. Because that meant the end of the season, let's go. <laughs> uh, summer's here, let's party. Uh, I don't get the beer or the barbecue part. Uh, I do get the baseball part. So, I, yeah, Memorial Day's fine. But Thanksgiving, I'm a huge Thanksgiving fan. For one thing, it's the one we host it. So we're going to have like 14 people and six dogs running around the house tomorrow. That you know, seems like just, a lot of pressure. It's well, it's really not. It's I just like it because it's casual. It's about food. We go to a, we go to a turkey trot in the morning. We run a 5K, couple of drinks. Uh, you know, the, the Bloody Mary start early. There's there's food all afternoon. There's football in the evening. We also we usually watch some sort of Christmas movie Thanksgiving night to sort of jumpstart that. I just Thanksgiving to me is is all the family gathering and the fun part of Christmas without the pressure of <laughs> gifts and wrapping and travel and all that. <laughs> We're talking with Tom Karen, our Red Sox and holiday insider over at Nesson on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Let's talk about the Red Sox. Since we last spoke, they made an interesting trade. They made an interesting trade with my Mariners, sending Luis Arias to Seattle for pitcher Isaiah Campbell. I I'll be honest, I don't quite get this from the Mariners' perspective, but I do get it. From the Red Sox perspective, Campbell's a guy, largely a two-pitch pitcher, good fastball, mid, mid-90s velocity, good slider, young guy, controllable for a bunch of years. You know, seems like a good guy for the Red Sox to be going after. What do you make of the deal? I thought it was a really good deal for the Red Sox. Arias was going to, as like four point something million, he was going to be due. Uh, and, and you know, the, he really wasn't the answer at second base. He was part of the solution as this roster is presently constructed. I still think the primary second baseman – for the 2024 Boston Red Sox is not on the roster right now. I think it's going to be someone they go get. So with that in mind, if you can get a serviceable pitcher for him, why wouldn't you? Uh, like you said, he's under control. I uh, had good minor league numbers, pretty good major league numbers in his short taste. Uh, I think, you know, if this is the beginning of what Breslow is looking to do, that's great because they've got the Ariases of the world. They've got, they, they've got guys like that, guys who have shown they can hit, have not been consistent, not everyday players, guys who probably have to platoon. What they don't have is pitching. So go get as much pitching as you can, and that's how you do it. You know, Campbell has been a reliever now for the last couple of years with the Mariners. So my question for you is, do you see him as a as a 
insertable part of the bullpen right now for the Red Sox, or is he a depth starter guy at AAA, and they're going to try to rechange him back to a starter to accumulate that upper-level minors depth they haven't really had? Right, which is something both Alex Cora and, and, and Craig Breslow have talked about, especially Cora. He's been adamant, uh, talking to him one-on-one and, and listening to what he says publicly, that he thinks one of the biggest things they lacked last year was minor league starting depth. Guys who were stretched out, starting every fifth day for the Worcester Red Sox, who when someone goes down can get called up and make a start, right? The guys they had for depth were all in the bullpen, the Hawks and the Whitlocks and, and, and the Pavettas when he was in the bullpen. So then you put him in the starting line, in the starting rotation, but then he only goes three, four innings the first time, and now you're playing catch up with bullpen innings. Uh, I know he really wants to have at least a couple of major league guys. He wants the sixth and seventh starters for the Boston Red Sox to be in Worcester, not to be in the bullpen. He could fit in perfectly with that. This kind of goes to maybe with what you were saying to us a couple weeks ago when I heard Alex Cora ironically say something very similar right after we got off the phone with each other. Maybe Campbell goes to the bullpen and Hauk or Crawford is in AAA to be that guy you're talking about. I think that could cause some consternation between player and organization, but that does fit with what you were saying a couple of weeks ago. Assuming they go do what I think they're going to do this offseason, and that's add a couple of starting pitchers who will slot near the top of their rotation, I think it's going to be difficult for Hauk and Whitlock and Crawford and Winkowski to all be on the major league roster. I think at least one of those guys is going to be a starter in Worcester. They won't like it. That's what Cora talked about. But it, I think it is what Cora wants, and I think it's what's best for the Red Sox to have at least one of those four guys, if not two, stretched out in the minors, pitching and being ready. We're talking with Tom Karen, our Red Sox insider at Nesson here on the Brady Farkas Show and WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. I have a two-part question. The first one could be a little yes or no. Marcelo Meyer, is he going to debut with this team in 2024 somewhere in your opinion? If all goes well, I think yes. I think he'll be a late season call-up. Okay, a later season call-up. So that leads me to my next question. I would assume that in one of these, you know, Trevor Stories at short and Meyer's at second or Meyer's at short and Stories at second eventually. Leads me to believe you're looking for a short-term middle infield stop gaps. Not You're not signing someone to a five-year deal. Do you like... Whit Merrifield on the free agent market? Do you like Jorge Polanco with the Twins on the trade market who's making $10 million next year? Do you, or is it somebody else that you like as a short-term fix? No, I've talked about Merrifield for the past few weeks. I think Merrifield would be a good fit. He, he's not – listen, he, he's getting older, and he's not the guy he was, but he's still blazing fast, and they could end up having one of the fastest teams in baseball if you added him to the mix. Uh, good defensively, we know that. You play a couple different positions, right-handed bat bounces out the lineup. I think he checks off a lot of boxes. Uh, and, you know, I, it mostly might not be an exceptional defender anymore, but he's a good defender. And good w- w- sounded really good last year watching that team play play defense. And so I, I think someone like Merrifield, where you don't have, you know, use the trade assets to get pitching. Don't waste them on the infield unless you get a great deal. Use those minor league assets that you deem tradable to get pitching. Because pitching is the first thing you need, the second thing you need, and the third thing you need. Need to prove defensively, but I think there are ways to do that without making trades. So Merrifield did not get a qualifying offer from the Blue Jays, which would have been like one year, $20 million. So evidently people don't think he's worth that. What do you think he's worth at this point? One year and 10? One year and a good question. Yeah, one ten, one with some sort of vesting option. 
that you give the guy to, you know, or, or a mutual option, you know, kind of like, uh, kind of like Justin Turner had, you know, you, you, you throw some money at him and, and you add something with the buyout. You know, that was the thing about Turner, right? It wasn't a huge first year contract, but he got whatever it was, six point whatever million dollars for, for saying no to this year. Uh, and, and, and if you do something like that, then you're giving them more money, but you're spreading it out over two years. All right, let's talk about the Bruins. I promised we'd get into them. Tough loss the other night against Tampa. They're 13-2-2 two two overall. Um, we'll get to the off-ice stuff here momentarily, but what do you make of the team on ice right now through 17 decisions? Uh, again, if you, if you look at the whole thing, they're better than I thought. And the old guys have more left in the tank. than, than yeah, I was wrong on Van Riemsdyk. He looks good. I was wrong on Chad Kirk. He's out there. He looks good. I mean, they got, you know, they, the guys are, and, and my, again, I, I keep joking, at some point, we're going to just have to admit that Jim Montgomery can coach. You know, he's really done a good job of, of, of bringing in the young guys on the defensive end, of, of slotting out guys on his top, you know, nine forwards, really kind of using that third line to figure out who's the top six at the beginning of the year. Uh, I, you know, it's a good team, and they're certainly playing better. You know, DeBrusque isn't – he's playing well, but he's not scoring. And I would have told you going into the season, if DeBrusque isn't scoring, they're in big trouble. But but I'm wrong. You know, they have, they have balanced scoring right now. Uh, uh, got a nice goal the other night from the kid, Beachy, whatever. You know, they, they've got guys who are getting up and, and, and getting it done. So I've been impressed. Now let's go off ice where the news isn't as good. The Milan Lucic situation, he's away from the team right now. Uh, arrested the other day, taken in for, you know, domestic violence allegations here. Um you know, my first question is, why is he still on the team? Then I guess the other answer to that is, well, you don't want to do things until you know all the facts. So where do you stand right now on what's going on with the Lucid situation? Yeah, I, it's hard to imagine him playing for the Bruins again this year. Uh, at his age, getting hard to imagine playing for anybody. Uh, it's it's really unfortunate situation. Uh, like you said, you don't want to overreact. But er, yeah, I watched the, the hearing live yesterday. And, you know, everything you're hearing uh, is not good. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, is, is able to hold his own physically against the toughest players in the NHL and, and to use that brute force uh, domestically uh, against your wife, if that's indeed what happened. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's uh, reprehensible. Uh, and, and so I, I think the reason he's still on the team right now is I do think there's protocol there. He entered uh, the, the NHL, you know, players uh, program yesterday and, and, and you know, the – uh, the process there is he will go into uh, substance abuse treatment, I assume, is is the way that will go as part of that program. I, I don't know that you can drop someone right away when he's entering that. I think you have to let that play out. I, I believe they settled in February for the beginning of the trial, so that's a long way off. So maybe he'll just stay suspended until you, you see it all through. Uh, but I just – I can't imagine – uh, you bringing him back on the team. You know, and this is a guy who came to Boston at 18 years old, uh, took to the city, the city took to him. Uh, and, and, you know, you just hope whatever it is, uh, you know, again, the reports are he was intoxicated. You know, that's a story as old as time. Uh, you, you don't make good decisions when you're intoxicated at 1 a.m. Uh, and so hopefully he gets the help he needs, the family gets the help they need, and that he can become a better husband, a better person out of this. Uh, but unfortunately, I think it'll mean the end of his time as a Bruin. Tom Karen, our Red Sox and Bruins insider at Nesson with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. TC, uh, much appreciated as always. We're thankful for your contributions to this show. Every single week, you always make time for us no matter where you are, no matter what time the Red Sox are playing. So we appreciate it. Have a great holiday with you and yours, and we'll catch up in seven days.
Thanks, Brady. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everybody listening. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you didn't do some of the really cheesy uh, radio, you know, like power ranking side dishes or, you know. I, I, I Holidays I like- are as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah, holiday's a good discussion, and, uh, you know, I, yeah, so I was ready for anything, and you actually you, you asked the good questions. So that's why we like doing this every week. Well, we won't have a show tomorrow or the next day because of Thanksgiving football and Norwich hockey, so we got to keep it as real as we possibly can today. All right, happy Thanksgiving, Brady. I appreciate it. Thank you.